Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? I am not Christian Piles. I am Jade Rara. This is episode 666. Seven. You did 666. We survived. You Thursday. Be I know. Fixed, 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 Ben Askren, CP is somewhere in the Rocky Mountains on vacation, but that's okay. The show must go on without him. So Got a lot to I... talk about today. Um, kind of the dog days of summer and wrestling news, but uh, with the NIL uh, now being one week um, active, the new rules, July 1st, there's a lot of exciting stuff going on. Um, okay, so uh, what's CP doing? Is he gone all week? What's He's gone all story? week. All week, okay. Vacation. Well, the Rockies. Got mm-hmm. it, got it, got it. Nay's not going to Fargo? What, what, a, what a slacker. I know, right? Seriously. Uh, Bray, are you going to be there all week, right, Ben? I'll be there all week. Well, I'm not the Greco portion, but I will be there for uh, the four days of freestyle and the, and the one, then, you know, the day before. Me too. Five Me days too. Fargo is plenty. Fargo I think we do have to do a show live from Fargo. I think we should do a live show. I think we should just tell Christian he's out. Sorry, you didn't come to Fargo. And we do our own live show uh, at the Fargo Dome. It could be legendary. Yeah, but there's, there's no. I think there's no other option. we got to do it. Have to. Absolutely. All right. Anyway, back to the NIL stuff. Some guys uh already taken advantage. Um, AJ Ferrari partnered with Nearfall. He's already selling T-shirts. Uh, what else we got? Gable Steve, um, Stevenson yeah. partnered with Go. Hold on, I, I have something really important. What What is this bar stool? You guys are younger than me, I believe. Yes. So maybe you could, I don't understand what they're doing. So usually with the sponsorship, it's like, oh, they're sponsored by, uh, well, Nearfall. And he wears Nearfall clothing. And he thinks he should wear Nearfall clothing. He's got some really cool get ups or something, you know. But with the bar, what is the deal? Are they like going to put on a, a wrestling card with them? Is that legal? Are they going to have them do some type of news segment? What are they going to do with them? I don't think they know. No. <laughs> so, so here's here's how much are they paying them? I don't think I don't know that they're I don't know that they're paying them at all. So here's what $0. we saw. First, we saw I think RBY was first. Mm-hmm. Gable yep. Stevenson, Spencer Lee. So it felt like Barstool was going after these big name college athletes, yeah. even from sports like wrestling. 
But then I went to the Twitter account that's putting these athletes out as official athletes. And there's like an application you can fill out where you enter your name, your sport, uh, your IG profile, your, your Twitter account, whatever. And then your, your merch size. And then they announce you. I, I think they announce almost everybody because now we're seeing like, like a lot. Caleb and Lance Runyon. We're seeing, yeah. you know, all, all kinds of athletes that are now Barstool Basically the athletes. entire Iowa lineup. <laughs> Yeah, anybody. Yeah, the I don't know if there's anybody that wants, poster. but it seems like they are. And I wonder if they're just going to figure out who of these guys that announce get the most traction, get the most likes, interactions, whatever, and then maybe they'll do something further with them. But at this point, I don't know that they're paying these athletes at all. Yeah, I and I think uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that, that sounds about right because it's like you know what I think about doing a deal. Doing a deal usually is not like a one day thing, you know? I mean, I've had a couple where they're like, Hey, here, we want you to do one post. Here's the amount of money. And I say, okay, that sounds like a good amount of money. And I make, you know, do the post or whatever. But generally speaking, if there's some kind of deal, it it takes a while, right? We got to negotiate what you want from me, what I want from you, how we're going to execute on all of that. I got, I got to get a lawyer or something to look at it or my agent. You guys will have your lawyer give feedback on your end. And it, it kind of takes a while. And I think that kind of feeds into what we saw is we didn't see a lot of major deals last weekend. Because honestly, we were talking on the show last week and no one was really sure what was going to happen until really until July 1st hit. It was, is it going to be these four states? Is it going to be everybody? And so now, um, you know, you're more, you say like a rudist, right? I know them because I deal with them. And I know they do things correctly. They're going to start looking and saying, okay, here's our choice of athletes. Who are we going to go after? And then they're probably going to go start talking to those people, make them some kind of, some kind of offer. And it's going to take two, three, four weeks to actually get something done. 100%. Back to the yeah. Barstool thing, if the question is, what do I want from you? What do you want from me? It seems Nothing. like a lot of these athletes want to be associated with a, with a company that they think is cool. And what Barstool wants is all this interaction online. They started yeah. this account, the Barstool Athlete account, last week. And they have 33,000 followers just in a week. So that's they're getting what they want out of the deal. I think I don't know if they're giving away a T-shirt or what. I saw that one of the questions on the application is your like merch size. So I, my guess is they're giving out T-shirts and they're getting a whole bunch of you know positive interactions online. So which way? Which one is the account? Is it Barstool Athletics? Is that the one that's giving out the T-shirts? I don't know if they're giving out t-shirts for sure. It's yeah. Barstool athletics. That's the one that's announcing all the sponsorships and you can scroll through and see there, there appears they're taking just about any athlete from any sport. Oh yeah. I see this link They're They're definitely advertising it. For that's sure. interesting. Huh? I wonder what, I wonder what the whole goal is going to be. Or may, maybe it is literally just making online posts here and then, yeah. And then that way there's, there's really no contract it just says, okay. Yeah. And they're, that's strange. Yeah. Well, and like Bray said, <clears throat> they might be like figuring out and weeding out who really is popular. They're getting interactions still with these lower level guys, but then they see, oh, Gable Stevenson got so many thousand retweets and likes. Okay, let's actually move forward with a little bit of a partnership with this guy. But if you're Barstool, what what does that mean? Because uh, I mean, okay, if uh, give me wrong, Barstool is a news media platform of some sort. Mm-hmm. I don't watch Barstool all that much. Um, am I right? Yeah. Okay. So, are you going to actually have those guys do news? Are you going to have them 
do only I- exclusive interviews with you and you can't do interviews with anyone else? Or like, what exactly is it that you could That's get Maybe what they'll figure out. Maybe they'll sell merch. But then, you, then you'd limit yourself. You, I mean, Barstool's not a merchandise company, so you think if you're Spencer Lee or they're Gable, a pretty big merchandise company. Barstool is. Yes, they make a lot of money selling apparel. I'm looking this up because I just tried typing in Barstool.com and it gave me a picture of Portnoy and Trump. So I don't know how much of a merchandise company they are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do think they're going to figure this out as they go, and they're like, "Well, I mean, man, let's see what athletes, how athletes respond," and then they weed it out, right? I mean, I'm looking at a guy named Justin Janky, Washington State. He he posted his uh, endorsement like 13 hours ago. He's got 12 likes. That guy, who cares? But then David Carr, who posted roughly in the same timeline, he's got rough, you know, almost 400 likes. So they're like, okay, maybe we can do something with this guy. Maybe we uh, pay him to wear a barstool T-shirt at some event, or we do whatever, and um, maybe we do an interview with him. We do some kind of content with him, get us yeah. more fans in the Iowa State fan base. I don't know. And Portnoy hmm. came out with the video and said somebody reached out to him, an athlete reached out to him, and was like, hey, can I be a barstool athlete? He's like, I don't know what that means, but sure, I like it. Let's do it. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Yeah. He even and so they were like, okay, whoever wants to be a Barstool athlete, you can, and we'll figure it out later. Dang. Hey, so because it's been the wild, uh... wild west, and it's going to be probably for the next couple of days, week or so, until, like you said, week, months. big normal deals actually start getting done that normally take time. So Nearfall is a wrestling shoe? I didn't know that. I didn't even know that. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, uh, founded by two Oklahoma State champions, and they were actually both NCAA Division II national champions for Central Oklahoma. There you oh. go. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to see some major deals come out. Uh, what did you guys make of? It's not in the. Uh, what well, it's the next on the dock? But Gable Stevens said I'm going to go pro after the Olympics, and uh, I, I've predicted that, but. Um, he didn't say he was going to go pro. He's going to said he was going to make his decision. Right, I'm sorry. He said he. Was, yeah, you're correct. There's a very big difference. <laughs> he will make his decision. I think he's going pro. Um, I think it depends on how he does at the Olympics. Is it wrestling or is it MMA? So you think if he doesn't do well, he's coming back, and if he does do well, he's gone. Is that what you think? I think him not winning a medal at the Olympics makes it much more likely that he comes back. Okay, bro, what do you think? Well, I, I wonder if he wins the Olympics and now all of a sudden he can take sponsorship money for Wheaties or for you know Nike or for yeah. whatever. Uh-huh. Maybe that convinces him to stay around just a little bit longer, finish his degree. So I think there's a scenario in which name, image, likeness may give us a, an extended timeline with Gable. But I, I would right now bet he's leaning towards WWE. I also think he doesn't know for sure. I think he just likes teasing people. Yeah, I mean, well, t- and technically, um, I don't even know that he can get a real offer because obviously July 1st hit and you can get sponsorships. But I, I mean, sp- having sponsorship and having an opportunity for employment are two totally different things, right? So if the WWE were to come calling, um, and like generally in MMA, the UFC or Bellator, Bellator has signed people at zero and zero, Aaron Pico being the biggest name. Um, but UFC, I don't think they've ever done that. Um, or, you know, one really funny one was they signed the, the Russian heavyweight, 
Uh, and then he never, he never ended up fighting. Um, Makov. You know what I'm talking about? Makov, yep. yes. So UFC does not have a history, any historical data to signing people for who are zero and zero. CM um, Punk. Good call. CM Punk. Nice one. You guys are on fire. So, okay, CM Punk and Makoff, those are the two historically that have been zero and zero when they were signed. But, you know, if it was the, if it was the WWE, they're going to make some type of offer of employment. And so can and you know, can an NCAA athlete uh, receive an offer of employment? I don't know the I don't even know the answer to that. We should have our compliance guy back on. One thing that helps is that these athletes can have agents now, right? To help them navigate the name image likeness stuff. So, I would hope that that could be a conversation with an agent that would, because even before that, you couldn't have, could you even have an agent as a college athlete? No. No. You could not, you couldn't even talk to agents, which is absurd. <laughs> yes, totally absurd. So that could help. I, what I hope, my hope is that Gable wins the Olympics and he gets all kinds of sponsorship offers and they want to, you know, they're, and those offers are enough money to keep him around the sport of wrestling for at least the end of his college career and maybe another Olympic cycle. But um, I I don't know. I'm not super optimistic that that's what's going to happen. I think he's going to sign with the WWE soon after winning the Olympics. I'm I'm, I'm thinking that's what's going to happen too. That'd be be a good pick, Bray. It's a sad pick. (laughs) Sad pick. Hey, sorry, you guys had a piece in his UFC career on social media last night. He, so is he going to leave college early like Gable or what? I I don't know. He, he's got well he's got well to go still. Um, what do you guys think about the guys on Cameo? I I've always elected not to do Cameo. Uh, I think it's kind of goofy, but uh, you know if they're making money, that's that's tremendous. Have you guys Seems got like your easy uh, way to make Gable? money? Have you guys signed up for your Gable GoPro or Gable uh, Cameo yet? I should no. I've <laughs> listen. I have received one cameo before, and and it was like a total joke. It's it's the I don't know who was it. Different pre- you, it was it was co- so. Do you ever watch the show Last Chance You on uh, on Netflix? It's like about junior college football. Mm, I, I remember you guys talking about it, but I've never watched it. There is this coach named Jason Brown, and he is just like totally ridiculous. He just you know. All the things that you would discourage coaches from doing, like screaming at athletes and, I mean, like just being a total flake and all this problematic stuff, having no accountability for himself, no personal responsibility. He yeah. He's that guy. He's a caricature of that kind of coach. Content machine, though. Content machine. Like when he was clearly at the end of the second season where, where he was the coach, he was going to get fired because he had just totally mismanaged this program. And he was saying things at the end like, I know these other ADs out there won't have the balls to hire me after this. It's like, dude, it's not about the ADs having the balls to hire you. It's about you like being a terrible person, like a, I don't, not a terrible person, <laughs> but just a problematic coach. Um, but anyway, I, I did receive a cameo of that guy and it was funny cause it's like ironic and you know, whatever, but the serious version of a cameo, I haven't, I haven't seen something like that. I don't know how that would look. I, I think it could be cool. Did, did someone pay for it to prank you or something or what? Not not like a as a joke. It was as a joke, not as a okay. prank. But okay, it was like a. And actually, it was it's to make you laugh. It's not it to, to make, you laugh. Yeah. make you happy on your birthday or something. And in fact, it was <laughs> it was Christian Piles. But, um, <laughs> did it make you? Did it make you happy? It yeah, it was hilarious. Okay, nice. so there's that. Love but it. I do think sending a, a cameo of from Spencer Lee to a you know if I would have I'm imagining myself as like a sixth grader or something, and if I would have got a, a cameo from somebody like Spencer Lee. 
I would have probably watched that every day before practice and got all yeah. jacked up. That's awesome. For only 25 yeah. bucks. So that's not a bad idea. I should do that. I should, I should get these guys all to give pot. I could write the pump up talk and I could have them, you know, deliver it on cameo <laughs> and then play it for my athletes. Exactly. Not a bad idea at all. Love yeah. it. It's like the, it's easy way to make money. Yeah. Cool. Um, what do you think about their prices, Ben? Gable was 50, RBY 30, Spencer 25. Uh, I don't, man, I don't know. Because on, on the one hand, they're like, I believe it's a 30-second clip maximum. Um, maybe a minute if I'm wrong. Um, I don't know. I just feel like that's a lot of money to pay for that short of a time. And uh, I always felt like if I was doing it, I'd be ripping someone off. So that's why I, I never did Cameo. I just feel like the, the value proposition wasn't there. Um and so I don't know. Yeah, but you guys make good points. Um, if someone, you know, coaching to pay for that to pick up his athlete or something, it's probably worth that much for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know how much money. So like I said last week, there's a lot of this um, inflation of what you're really making on so from people on social media to make themselves seem more important. So I've never actually heard how much someone has made on cameo who whom i trust like where i yeah. said like oh this dude's solid i know they're i know they're telling me the truth and they said they made x amount last month i i've never had that happen so i don't know i know exactly how much money people make on cameo generally i do think that the one thing about cameo that you know that's unfortunate is you're probably going to make more money if you are sending ironic cameos and like you know so i know that for a while people were paying mark mcgrath the former like lead singer of sugar ray who's yeah, like totally irrelevant now people were paying this dude to like break up with their boyfriends or girlfriends like f on cameo so they would like why was that a certain song he had or something i don't remember that no no it's not a song it's i, I don't know how it caught on but apparently so why'd they he was, pick like, him he, I don't know. I have no idea. But he's it's a, he was doing it like frequently. There are all these videos of of him, you know, calling in, and he's like, "Hey, you know, Susan, just I got some got some bad news for you." And he like talks about the boyfriend, and they're gonna break up, and it's okay. You're gonna be you're gonna be fine. That's funny. Don't worry, whatever. But um, I also saw Anthony Scaramucci was doing the same thing, breaking up on cameo oh, for mooch. people. So that feels like. Maybe you lose a little self-respect if you're doing that kind of thing on Cameo. And I do think you're kind of I, – I don't know how beholden you are to the requests of the person that's paying, but I do think that's part of it. It's like you got to be willing we, to do whatever they want you, you to yeah. do. You can accept or deny, I guess, from my understanding, you can accept or deny any of the requests um, that come to you. So if it's something too weird, you can be like, ah, I'm, out, I'm out on this one, decline, or whatever it is. Um yeah, I actually thought maybe I'd be popular for a minute because of the Boom Roasted segment where some friend could say, hey, say this to my friend because to your point, that's what people are going to use them for. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not like you can give any real good life advice or anything in 30 seconds. So, uh, you know, funny Boom Roasted read or something would be good. Man, I I got some <laughs> great advice from Coach Jason Brown. He told me <laughs> – he told me – you're either going to be the best effing employee or the worst effing employee. There's really no, there's no in between. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I don't actually think I'm that's not true. sure that he's right on that one. <laughs> Fame first or last. Probably a whole spectrum of employees. We should, we should do that sometime. We should rank the flow employees, uh, you know, on a, on a little bell curve, like who's in the middle, Who's the high end? Who's the low? Mark Bader, it, he sets a standard, so he's the highest of high ends, but then we got to go down from there. 
<laughs> All right, let's do it. Challenge accepted. Uh, like I said, Gable Stevenson actually did sign a pretty big or notable deal with GoPuff, the food delivery. It's a food delivery system, kind of like DoorDash, but I think more for snacks. I don't know exactly what all that entails for him or how he really helps them, but he uh, obviously didn't add with them on social media. I listened to the podcast. This guy was brilliant. I, the CEO of this company I listened to podcasts. So it was awesome. Nice work, Gable. Two deals in the first week. Yeah. I Dude. thought RBY's shoe raffle was brilliant. Oh, was it like a so I, I saw the deal. Um, do you think it was brilliant or do you think he should have said, uh, you know, a limited amount of shoes instead of a high price point? Um, because, man, I felt like. If I'm a guy, if I'm a kid, I, was, I thought about this, who wants RBY shoes? I just want to buy the damn shoes. Tell me what the price is. I want to buy them. I don't want to enter a raffle where I have a small chance of winning these shoes. That would annoy me. What do you think? Uh, I think if you're also a kid, you're not going to spend $1,000 on a pair of shoes. You think Roman Bravo Young could charge $1,000 for a pair of shoes? I mean, No, not, but I think it, he can make over one. that with a raffle. 25 pairs could he sell them for? 25 custom pairs, maybe signed also or something like that. Well, yeah, if he has a particular shoe or whatever, but I'm saying saying. he has this pair of shoes already. July 1, midnight, I'm going to go start a raffle, get rid of this pair of shoes, make, you know, $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 in this raffle. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, well, I hope you made a lot of money, but I, I wouldn't like to enter. I would just say if I'm, if I'm an RBY guy, I want to, I want to buy a pair of shoes. I don't want to, I don't want to get thrown in a raffle here. Well, I want the damn pair of shoes. Well, he can make his own shoe eventually, but that's not going to happen day one. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess he could, maybe he could have, he, you know what? I had 500 funky shirts in the parking lot of Auburn Hills selling, slanging those things on Saturday the NCAA finals. He could have yeah. done that. He could have made like 30 pairs of RBY shoes and sold them on day one. He still can. Too late now. Too late now. He has months yeah. to do that. Yeah. Um, this was, but yeah, but he, this was a pair of shoes that... And actually, he can't do that because that's on an official trip. <laughs> so you're taking my... You're doing me like Reggie Bush and taking my title away. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> so, sell them. I mean, this market. pair of shoes, though, this was like... He didn't have to do any any manufacturing work any way i mean he yeah, just had these shoes that he wore you know like jd's saying and these are shoes that somebody made for him like sent him to him he didn't pay yeah, for these at all so ones. just you know pure profit nice okay i'm in good work Rome ruffle young i one of the deals i've been really <laughs> curious about uh christian ball check this guy out oklahoma state backup he has a deal with uh, an office supply store. Seth Duck- Duckworth retweeted this. That's how I found it. Um, an Oklahoma office supplier called Maryfield Office Supply. Uh, Christian Ball said, excited to team up with Oklahoma's premier office supplier, Maryfield Office Supply. They offer next-day delivery on thousands of items, and their customer service is second to none. Check out what if this is a prank? This dude has uh, what if it's been a, a backup now. For a while, I don't, I don't know him, but he's got a deal. Wait, 
guys, what if it's a prank? Because, like, you know, what if he just wrote this tweet? Has <laughs> Maryville has never ever contacted him? <laughs> and he's just getting us to talk about it on radio. Because I want to be hesitant here. Because I've done this multiple times in the media. I did most famously with the Lamborghini in Singapore. I just took a picture next to the Lamborghini. I didn't say shit about it. And then all of a sudden, these news medias are saying one FC gave Ben Askren a Lamborghini, and boom, they ran with it. Now people still ask me about that to to this day. People still ask me how my Lamborghini is doing, and I do not own a Lamborghini. I don't have one. I just stood next to it and took a picture, and that was it. So what if Christian Ball said, I'm just going to pick a company. Interesting and Who knows? Choice. Maybe like it's, his, it's his mom's company or his dad's company. Yeah. Or I don't know whose company it is. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think Merrifield's going to gain much value out of this relationship. But they did get 40 likes on the tweet, so maybe. Well, how dare you question the integrity of Christian Ball because <laughs> – I just found another tweet. I just put it in the doc from Merrifield Office Supply. <laughs> Although the Merrifield Office Supply account well, only has 348 followers, so who knows? But uh, they they put out this uh, this like flyer with him on. Well, this is Joey Sanchez. Wait a minute. The one you just posted said it says Joey. They tagged Joey Sanchez, but they have the picture Joey of Sanchez. Christian Ball. What in the world is happening here? No, that's got to be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, you're getting pranked right now. We're getting we're getting totally pranked. Hold on, you're totally getting pranked. This is you can't run stuff in the news yeah, media. Joey, you need to go awesome. ask them for a comment. Wow, they got Joey Sanchez. <laughs> they got man, they're really cornering <laughs> the market. lineup. Well, this is where this is what we talked about last week. Where if if some wealthy booster donor or whatever wanted to give some kids some money. Uh, out of the kindness of their heart, they could definitely do that and then say, hey, make a few social media posts for me. And that, you know, that way they're paying them for doing something, not for nothing. Yeah. Oh, wow. that, that's funny. Where is this Maryfield office supply located? Still water. Oklahoma's number one. Yeah. Number <laughs> one supplier. The, the Joey Sanchez gift they put up is really great. It's got a, a bald eagle with a, like a do-rag and a, <laughs> an American flag and then. Joey Sanchez. So they maybe there's maybe they got enough money to sponsor two athletes. They are definitely. And said, so did you? See, I'm scrolling through their Twitter. It says, I had not heard of your company before your sponsorship, but Joey Sanchez, I really appreciate you for sponsoring wrestlers, especially blah 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 blah. Oh man, that'd be fun. I would have I would have my friend email them, and then they're just gonna keep giving me money because they think uh, new people are buying their stuff. Just create, great. keep creating new emails, <laughs> emailing right. them and emailing to them yourself. Uh, so awesome, man! This is great. Very curious about why they why they chose the guys they chose. Oh, Christian Ball is from Stillwater. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. The last tweet before all these was February six, twenty twenty. Joey Sanchez went to St. Paris. Maybe they're out of business, and Saint Joey Sanchez and Christian Ball bought them, and they're sponsoring themselves. What about that one? Christian Ball and Joey Sanchez went into business together. And they're pumping up Merrifields. I love it. Great idea, guys. <laughs> yeah. You're getting us to talk about them for 10 minutes. I feel like we got so excited. We got so excited about NIL stuff. NIL stuff. People are going to be getting so much money. And now we're talking about Joey Sanchez and Christian Ball. <laughs> A Merrifields office supplies deal. Like they're going to be, Joey Sanchez is going to get a starting line next year. And he's going to come out with, they come out with two two staplers in his holster and start shooting staplers. <laughs> <laughs> he's 
gonna come uh, out of the cabinet, bust open the doors with a staple, and then stapler and a glue gun. He's like, (laughs) (laughs) ah, so great. Okay, let's go to some real news. Let's go to some real news. All right, on to some real news. Ed Ruth was named the Illinois assistant Poeta's first hire, and I think it's a great great one. Absolutely. So I think this means Ed Ruth is we kind of guessed he was done fighting but i didn't think there was ever a real full statement so this probably means he's fully done he wants to coach i like it i think he's gonna be a great coach he did he one of the interesting things for him will be can he teach what he did because he was so unique in his style and the way he worked and then we and then the second thing is we always talk about how penn state coaching tree has gone nowhere to this point he's actually one of the first penn state guys that was under Kale for, I believe, the entire entirety of his career to go out and coach somewhere else. Good points. It, it was a little bit curious to me because he had just gotten to NC State, had been there for just a few months, and now is moving on already. But I do think Poeta is very smart to get a guy like Ed. When you look around at the people who have been coaching for a while, I don't know that there's anybody who compares to Ed in terms of name cachet and celebrity and, and just – you know, being that electric. So I think that's big from what I yes. hear. He's already been on the recruiting trail. He's, he's talking to recruits already. And that I think is going to make a big impact. And they've already got Christian Carroll signed for the class of 2023. You got to imagine and that Cannon this is going to be and Cannon Webster, but I'm thinking about the upper weights. You got to imagine this is going to be a, a, a guy who's going to be really attractive to top recruits and those, you know, 170 and up weight classes so i think it's a really smart really smart hire while they're already off to a big start in the class of 2023 and the recruiting thing will be interesting because like you said he got to nc state but he was at the Wolfpack rtc specifically where you're not doing any recruiting um so the coaching experience he got won't necessarily transfer to recruiting expertise but if he's already getting on it good for him yeah, I, I agree. I, I I like the pickup. Um, I, I for whatever reason that wasn't on my radar. I did not think Mike Poto was going after Ed Ruth at all. I, I don't think anyone was talking about it. Uh, but really good pickup, and I'm interested to see how that turns out with him as a coach. Nine months ago, I don't think I thought about Ed Ruth as a coach. Period. Because he le- he left the he left the wrestling game kind of completely. I mean, he went and fought and. It was like, you know, some of these guys who go and fight, you still see them back once in a while. They're doing stuff with their old teams. They're in their wrestling rooms. And we didn't really see that. Ed kind of, he was kind of doing his own thing. So, um, yeah, awesome, awesome to have him back uh, full-time for the wrestling community. There was this notion that the big thing for Illinois would be to kind of put a fence around the state and keep the best Illinois recruits in state. What, what do you guys make of them pulling in a guy that's, out of the state, but you know, could maybe have inroads in Pennsylvania. I mean, what, what do you guys think about just that part of it? Um, I mean, the the whole fence around the state thing is always interesting to me because when you look at the top two programs right now, Iowa and Pennsylvania, it's like you know, Penn, Penn State. If they put it, if you put a very literal fence around Pennsylvania, you could make an NCAA Division One championship team, right? Kale has essentially not really done that. He's kind of went and recruited from everywhere. Um, and then Iowa has literally, they put a fence around Pennsylvania. Kind of, They went and stole half their lineup as Pennsylvania kids. And so 
you know, Illinois is definitely one of those top tier states. They could definitely benefit from, from keeping kids home. And historically, for whatever reason, they have not been very good at keeping their best kids home. I don't know if, they, you know, it was because of the coaching or because there's something where, you know, the Chicago, Chicago's up here and Champaign's down there. And there's, you know, they're just not from fami- familiarity or something. Uh, but obviously, Poeta is kind of a Chicago guy. He ran a club there for a while. Um, if, if he can't do it, then uh, I don't know if it can be done. Yeah. So thinking of the value in the room, Ben, you said something earlier, you know, you wonder if he can teach the things that he was able to do. What's the, what's the difference in value between a coach who is a partner who can give you feels you're not going to get anywhere else versus a coach who can work with you to kind of impart the actual skills. And and I don't know, what are the two differences in value there? Yeah. Well, well, Ed Ruth is, I mean, his feels are so unique. I mean, there's some things where, uh, you know, I'll be wrestling some of my guys and I'll, I'll, there's a couple things I do that like nobody else does. And like, well, how do I stop that? I'm like, you don't need to stop it. It's irrelevant. No, nobody else does it. What's the point, you know? And so that's kind of how I feel about Ed Ruth. It's like a few things he does, like very literally nobody else does. And so what is the value of wanting to stop that to beat Ed Ruth in the room? Like who gives a damn? I mean, you're trying to beat him. He's your coach. Right, you're trying to beat other people in the tournament, and so um, I know for me, it, it definitely took a while. I mean, there, there's there's still certain things that I'm like, oh, I mean, I think that I can't remember what it was. It was maybe a month ago where there was something where I was like, oh shoot, that's I was missing something. You know, there was like something that I did when I was doing this move that I wasn't explaining that part of it correctly, and I always kind of wonder like, why is no one getting why is no one able to execute on this technique that I'm showing? I know I do it. When I get right around us alive, I get it a lot. But no one else that I'm teaching is getting it. And why Why aren't they? And then you have to think, oh, I missed this one part. And I know like or with cradles, for example, there's this one little detail I call the collarbone on the cradle line. Dude, I didn't learn. I didn't figure out how to teach that till like 2015 or 2016. And I was doing cradles since 1999, you know. And so like. I'll just, I wrestled with Ed twice, just kind of playing around. There's this one thing he does that's like, um, it's a like slow than fast. It's a really interesting way he kind of fakes and moves. And it's like, I don't want to say, I, I really never, I don't think I've ever felt anyone else do it the way he does it. So it's like, that was unique. It's a great timing point. And if he could teach other people to do that, it, it's a highly effective technique because to your point, you don't feel it against anyone else. So if then you're able to do that, people struggle with the timing aspect of it. Can he teach that to other people? And like, just, we'll just pick on that one that one skill. If he can teach that to other people, yes, it's going to be awesome. And um, but some people really struggle to teach what they're doing, um, and especially when it's as unique as he does. And I and I would guess, obviously, Kale and Penn State have done some of the things that he's done, but there's some things that are like really unique and endemic to him. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, you go back and watch Ed Ruth videos and it's it's like you still don't see a ton of traces of the way he wrestled throughout the wrestling world. He hasn't like it hasn't sent those those ripples the way that things that some other wrestlers did. So I yeah, I hope he can. I think it's a really interesting pickup for Illinois. It's one of the one of the more intriguing assistant coach hires, I think, over this whole offseason. And I yeah. think if you're an Illinois fan, it's a reason to get excited. Um when Poeta was hired Obviously, you think that's a good hire, but he's been under Heffernan for, I think, four years now as an assistant, and the team hadn't really changed, you know, that much in four years. So he gets hired, 
and you're hoping like this is going to kind of flip a switch, but it, maybe it won't necessarily right away light a fire underneath that team because he's been part of the culture um, that's kind of you know been at the same level for so long. But then he brings yeah. in a hire like this, and it's kind of like an extra little, okay, no, this is hope that we can improve. I feel like they have been, uh, I mean, not obviously haven't been getting crazy better, but I feel like they had a really solid team this year. I guess I would have to go back and look at their historical teams to see, um, have they, you know, have they actually gotten a lot better? Or is it just my imagination or because I, I like Poeta, so I'm thinking like he's making a difference. But I, I feel as though kind of as a whole team, they are definitely getting better. They were kind of strong top to bottom this year. Um, but I know they've always had historically kind of good kids, but I don't know. I, I felt like this year they were good. Yeah. Am I wrong? I could be wrong. No, they, they do it. have done well. And I wanted to look at – I had a, I was looking at um, some, of the, some of the numbers from Coach Heffernan. He's been one of the more cr- consistent producers of All-Americans throughout his career. I, I think – JD said, like, same level. They have, I think, relatively stayed at a similar level over the last decade and a half or whatever that, that Heffernan's been the head man. But that level has been pretty high. And I think you're right that the, there's a question of will Poeta elevate them. Anytime there's a coaching change, you hope that you'll go from wherever you're at to a higher level. But I do think that they are performing better than a lot of people maybe perceive of them. And I, I have All-American numbers here somewhere that I can look for in a second. But um, – I do think that they've been performing well, but to, but to JD's point, as a fan, you hope anytime there's a change, it's a catalyst for even better, for even more. And I do think Ed can help people get excited in addition to the announcement of a, a really strong start of a recruiting class for 2023. Um, so I think it's a great hire for, for that reason. But I do want to pull up these numbers really quick while you guys are talking. So yeah, it's okay. So this year, man, yeah, like, you know, Cardani, for example, had a pretty solid year, but he didn't go to the NCAAs, and obviously it's a very un- unique year. Uh, Ron Angles both had bad NCAAs, but obviously they both had pretty solid seasons. Luke Gluffman, I think you would say the same thing about, and they had Lucas Bird and Dylan Duncan, All-Americans. So, yeah, they, they didn't finish super high. What was it? Um, 18th place? Yeah, I guess I see about twenty. Um, I think Heffernan averaged something like two point or three point All Americans per year. Heffernan, I'm looking at Dan Gable's coaching tree, and and the way I defined that when I was doing the research was was guys that wrestled for Gable, not just guys that coached with him or that were associated with him. And f- Jim Heffernan, in his 23 seasons, and I didn't include this season. I haven't run those numbers yet. Um, or sorry, not 23 seasons. He had 11 seasons as his head coach that I factored into this calculation. And in those 11 seasons, he had 23 All-Americans and four NCAA champs, which is 2.09 All-Americans per year. And that's the fourth highest of anybody in G- Gable's tree. Really? Yes. Is anyone in Gable's tree? Well, who's that? Do you have the list of Gable's tree? Because now I want to know what Gable's tree is. Yeah, so Tom Brands is leading that race for All-Americans per year. And again, this is I haven't factored in this year yet, so these numbers will okay. change. But uh, five and a quarter All-Americans per year for, for Brands. Uh, Tom Good Ryan job. is yeah. next, two and two-thirds. Jim Zaleski, just over two and a half. And then Heffernan, 2.09. Wow, that, that's funny because when you think about it, if you said – 
Jim Zaleski and Tom Ryan, you would not think they were just a little bit above um, um, Jim Heffernan. You would think that there was a significant gap between them. That's that's a very interesting. So that means like Barry Davis and Dwayne Goldman and all those other people are, are lower, obviously, right? Yeah. Barry Davis averaged uh, just under one All-American per year. Just under – no, that can't be right. Under one? I mean, I don't Barry love Barry Davis Davis coached for all. 25 seasons and – or sorry, Barry Davis was just over one. He had he coached for 25 seasons and had 27 All-Americans. I feel like that number's not right. Number's right. <laughs> we can research it later. I don't think it is, Bray. Listen, I, I'm not a Barry Davis – I don't love Barry Davis, but I – Man, I pay attention to all Americans in Wisconsin. I'm gonna Google it. Who else, who else is on that list? Uh, so after Heffernan, Mike Deanna at Edinburgh. Okay. He was the fir- he was like the first one to leave from from Gable and go coach. He basically, I mean, Gable basically like gave up his assistant to Edinburgh to to get that program rolling. He had a couple per year. Kevin Dresser is on that list. Brad Penrith. Uh, Tim, uh, how, how, how do you say it? Suzuki, yeah, yep, Suzuki. Suzuki at Northwestern, Dwayne Goldman, Doug Schwab, Barry Davis, Greg Randall, Terry Brands for a brief moment. What? Because Terry Brands. What's Schwab at? Doug Schwab, not including last year, was 11 All Americans in 10 seasons. 11. Dang. Man, when you, when you think about it like that, it seems like it's, it, doesn't it seem like it's easy? Uh, to get more, and then you put like Doug Schwab's only at eleven and ten seasons. You're like, holy crap! Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have one or two seasons where nobody makes the podium. It like it really hurts your average. Uh, so Seriously. yeah, for sure. And and also, the thing that maybe Heffernan benefited from was he had a lot of years as an assistant coach. So when he he took over, it wasn't a total rebuild. It wasn't a, a program in distress. Whereas you know you you mentioned Tom Ryan. I mean he he started at Hofstra and took that program and built it up and had a lot of years without a ton of production similar for, um, you know, another who's, who else, uh, guy like Like Kevin Dresser, you know, Virginia tech, they were going to cut that program. He had to build it up. Wait, what's Kevin Dresser at? He's done a great job either. Also Dresser was at 27 all Americans in 14 years before this year. Wow. Damn that man! And when you put that in perspective, Hefferding Hefferding did a great job, for sure. Yeah, nice. So hold on. Oh, you're okay. I see why. I think I'm confused. You're counting the total number of people who are all American, not the total number not of finishes. No, the total number of finishes. No, because I'm counting Wisconsin's right now. They got one. Uh, I'll, I'll get a total for you later, but I think Barry's a little higher. Okay. Yeah, because I think he's, I think the correct number would be for all Americans would be what you said, but uh, yeah, let's move on. Sorry, sometimes they get stuck on things. One last Ed Ruth nugget. Um, he he's remembered as a great wrestler, but I think people yeah. do kind of forget now that we're ten years removed just how good he was. He has the highest winning percentage of any Penn State wrestler. Wow, of any Penn State wrestler. Of any Penn State what about, wrestler. What's 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 I, mean, I remember we had this discuss, debate. Me with me, uh, me KB and uh, piles of the. So we we essentially picked our top five Penn State guys, which the, the top five under Kale's era. It's pretty unanimous that it's Nolf, Nickel, Rutherford, 
Taylor and Ruth. Um, and it, you know, we, had, I don't remember this is like a year ago, but we had the statistics. Um, so he only had like what three college losses three or four? College How losses. many did Zane have? 163 three. and three. How many did Zane have? They had four because he had, yeah, I think Zane, I think Zane had four or he, no, Zane had three, but he had less wins. That's what it was, maybe three. Yeah, but those were all his freshman year. Yes, dang, so crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. Thinking of all the guys that came after Ed, that he's got the highest winning percentage is pretty wild. That's seriously wild. Um, all right. Yeah. So I, I think Ed can do great things at Illinois. I'm, uh, I'm excited to see that. Uh, the Frank Pirelli news was, I, I don't think that was all that interesting because he's someone who's been around the program kind of forever. Yeah. You know, a little bit, it's still just, a good hire for Mike Gray, I think, and to show that they're still moving on with the the uh, Spartan Combat RTC. Yeah, def- definitely. And then between that and Gwizdowski last week, uh, pretty damn good pickups. For sure. So thinking about the Spartan Combat RTC, they haven't always had a real prominent head coach figure, have they? It's kind of been Mike Gray. My, yeah, Mike Gray. But like you said, he's double duty, but... I think it's a it's good definitely to have a dedicated RTC head coach. Yeah, that's that in and of itself is a big sign. I mean, and Pirelli obviously has been around the senior level forever. He competed for a long, long time, and he's you know he's going to know the ins and outs of that that system. And so I think it's yeah, it makes sense. Although it could be a little worrisome as well, um, in that that makes you makes it clear that Mike Gray is really I going to focus on Cornell and I. Not as much the RTC. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That staff has always been like kind of involved in all aspects. You you see Coach Cole in the corner at freestyle events, mm-hmm. and along with Gray. So I I have a feeling Mike Gray will still be plenty involved with the with the freestyle side of things. Yeah, definitely. More um, freestyle news. Ryan Deacon entered the last chance qualifier. And at 70 kilograms. Ryan Deacon still won't give us information about what he's doing next year. What's his deal? Well, if if anything, I think this is another sign that he might be done with college wrestling. You really, I mean, but why will he just say it? Because I feel like classes are, we're like uh, six weeks away from classes starting again, or seven weeks, I don't know. Uh not not the number of days of summer, but that we're like we're getting down to the nitty gritty of where he's gonna have to make a decision. So I mean, what if it's one of those where Gable, where it's like I wonder if how he does is a dictator of whether he wrestles or not. Like say say he wrestles in this and then wrestles in the um, world team trials, right? The not non Olympic weight world team trials, and he makes the team. Um, would that be uh, where he says, oh, hey, I'm on the team, now I'm going to go wrestle this? If, and if I don't, then maybe I'll do the college season. Yeah, maybe. I think that's likely. I am a little bit surprised he went back down to 70 kilos. Really? That's 154 pounds and change. Well, he, he's barely ever wrestled 74. Uh, he well, he, he has the past two years, obviously, you, to bump up for the Olympic weight. But, and I think he's good. obviously just one of those guys that 
looks way bigger than he is, but yeah. it's like every time, it's like, how does he make this weight? Yeah. No, I mean, that's probably where he should be. Obviously, you know, any any of those 70 guys that can that can make 70 and not wrestle 74 with Dakin Burroughs and whoever else finds their way there is 70, 70 is a better chance for sure for them to make the team. I, ben, I just looked at the link that you sent me about about Barry Davis. Got to circle back. Yeah, you're totally right. He had 46 All American finishes. So his average. How'd you count was, that fast? Huh? How'd you count that fast? I just hey, listen. I've been counting for that years. That was lightning. <laughs> I think that looked like Rain Man over here. I've been counting for years, but Rain his Man, average is 1.84. That's pretty solid. I mean, it's not Jim Heffernan numbers, but you know, it's, it's yeah. I knew he had a couple uh, four timers in there, so I was like. Yeah, I think it was the total number was whatever you said, like twenty seven or whatever. But yes, you had you know Pritzloff had four, um, and then there was a couple of guys with two and three. So um, that was a big deal for him. Yeah, but the, I mean, so that's good. That moves him. That moves him actually right behind um, Kevin Dresser. Mm, nice, solid. Um, hey, so Keyson Clark to and uh, North Carolina. Yep, um, uh, but that's a weight they didn't really need all that much, right? Because they had obviously Austin O'Connor, 149 pound national champion, um, and depending on where he goes, because there's been talk about him bumping up, but they also have um, oh my gosh, the kid from Wyoming, Sam, that's really good, Lachlan Lachlan McNeil. McNeil. Yeah, but yes, they, they can redshirt him. him. Oh, because they have because he was and then wrestle Clark this year, and then bring and him then in bring next him in year. In yes. And it's, I mean, uh, it's another good partner for Lachlan. He's kind of a rental guy. I mean, a one year, a one year rental and and then, you know, you're good. It's a good move for Keyshawn Clark. I think we talked about before he's like pre-law or something. So now he gets a head start on law school or maybe he gets through in a year. I don't know, but good deal for him. Wrestles for a year with, with Austin O'Connor gets a lot better. Lachlan Neal gets a lot better. And then all of a sudden um, they're good for this year and the future. Yeah. Big pickup for North Carolina. Uh, other transfer news: Joe Grello to Oklahoma from from Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Is huh? I didn't actually. I didn't even realize Joe Grello was in the portal. Yeah, he's been in the portal a while. I can go find the transfer check and look at when it was exactly. But he also, on his graphic, it said 165. He's been wrestling 174 pretty much his entire career, whereas where he yeah. qualified, but because he's going down. Hmm. Yeah, that's Ant Man. That's whoa, yeah. That's whoa, well. That's Ant Man's little brother, Troy oh, Man. Ant- he, he maybe get retro or something. <laughs> he's not, yeah. He's not very good. He's yeah. He's definitely definitely doesn't have the credentials that that Anthony does. So maybe that's where Grello saw the opportunity Oklahoma's been pretty pretty good in the transfer tracker yeah um who have they picked this offseason they've picked up well not just this offseason but um no, last picked year they up, picked up uh, more Joey Prada Joey Prada right yeah they have they picked up Joe Grillo now they picked up Keegan Moore they picked mm-hmm. up Joey Prada yeah. I mean those are three busy. pretty solid guys where 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 in your website is the transfer portal? I'm trying to find it. Oh, I found. Clicked on news. There's transfer tracker. 
I feel like it's been a while since we had some big transfers. This is kind of the first first ones in a little bit. Um, and then it feels like there's a lot of people without homes. So, like, if you're in the portal and you don't get picked up, do you just say, like, I guess I'm done? Or <laughs> what do you do? I My guess is that a lot of these guys are transferring to D2, D3, or NAIA schools, and they just maybe haven't made that a public announcement. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's probably more guys committed than, than we know about. Um, I would guess that a lot of smaller schools would be happy to give some of these guys some money. But I also yeah, think there are sure. a lot of guys that think they're going to transfer, and then yeah, they're not. They are not going anywhere. They're going. They're going it's home. The nil thing where you think <laughs> you're going to make a lot of money, and then there's they, not much they, out there nope. for you. Boom. Yeah, there's a also Boudreaux went in the Boudreaux. portal last week. Who does Minnesota have at thirty-three? Unless McKee's moving up, but Ramos left because he couldn't beat McKee. So. Uh, that's kind of an interesting move for Minnesota. I don't know who else they have behind Boo Dryden. 133, Jake Gleva right now is probably the, the top guy. And then um, some of the guys coming in, some of the freshmen coming in, I don't know how ready those guys would be. A couple a couple uh, Wisconsin guys, right? Uh, yes, yeah, so they got – obviously I was assuming they would redshirt, but um, – yeah, Blaine Brenner is tough, and then Jagger Ice is also pretty good. So um, those guys are both definitely be 130 pounds. Um, you know, obviously they're both really good. They both spent a little bit of time in the national rankings, but a year to redshirt, I think, does everyone good. But who knows? Maybe they'll get thrown in there. Yeah, I would guess they're probably going to go with somebody like Gleva. Yeah, I mean, it takes it takes a little bit to uh, adjust to that college schedule, so. Yeah, I love. Hey, I love Minnesota's got the twenty-one, twenty-two roster up already. They're they're freaking hustling. Got to yeah, love great. to see it. Love to see it. Oh, but they do not have the freshman on here because I, Aish and Brenner are not on this roster. So this is only only people who are coming back. No freshmen. Maybe they have to wait until they get fully on campus and fully enrolled or something. Or yeah, probably something like that. One last little news nugget before we get into questions. Bajrang update. The India Wrestling Federation came out and said in one week he'll be back to the mat. So no need to worry about his injury. If anybody was. Uh, hey, can I answer this first question right away? I got a funny story. Go for it. Questions uh, from friends. Get, We're into oh, it. Old wrestling clips. Most entertaining, high-flying, kitchen sink throw at NCAA wrestler right now. Dude, so, Ch- so Chandler Rogers did a, a clinic with us. So we had four different college coaches to come to clinics with some of our Fargo guys uh, a couple weeks back. He did he did a great job. He really did. But the thing he started with, he goes, I always thought in the first 30 seconds, either I'm getting put on my back or you're getting put on your back. And I'm like, oh God, because I've been, I've been stressing to my wrestlers. They want to force things. And it's like the match is six minutes. And if something's not there in the first minute and you force something you shouldn't force, now all of a sudden you're down by a bunch of points. Just wait till a minute and a half or wait till two minutes or wait till something opens up. And if you do it at two minutes, you still have four minutes left. You don't have to force something. And then he comes in and he goes, yeah, in the first 30 seconds, I'm on my back or you're on your back. That's how we're doing this thing. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> oh, it made me laugh. Hey, so you funny. want to win over the fans. That's the way. 
So Chandler Rogers, but he's a, he actually finishes eligibility, so I don't think I can use him as an answer for this question. Although he would be a, a great answer for this question, he would be. Um, guys that come to mind currently wrestling for me, Bryce Andonian's up there. Yes, Ooh, that's a great great pick. Pat McKee is up there. Also a great pick. Uh, Barnett feels like a guy who, you know, big move guy who is, he either gets beat and goes, you know, but keeps going for it the whole time. So kind of maybe fits that mold. I'm trying to scroll down the ranking so I can, I can get some, uh, good one. Obviously Dylan Ness historically is a great one. Uh, correct. Who else? You got someone Bray? Tanner Cook, South Dakota state. That guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's, that, that's a good one. That just, is a you, really He's good a guy. One. It's like, okay, set my arena alerts for this dude. And he might not win every match, but if it's a big tournament and he loses early, that's all the better because now you get to see him pen nine guys on the backside. It's going to be great. I think he might be the best answer, honestly. He is so wild. Yeah. <laughs> you ever coach anybody like that, Ben, where you're just like, just like man, I have no idea what's going to happen here? Uh, not, not anyone to that extent um, because I think I would tell them, Opposite of Chandler Rogers, I think I would tell them if, if they had this issue. Listen, okay, if they go out there and every single match they throw someone to their back and they pin them and they're undefeated, great, good, whatever, keep doing it. That's outstanding. But if they're if they're going to try to force something and it's just not there and they keep getting put to their back because they're trying to force something, I'm going to say, hey, man, like I love that you throw some people. Let's do that when it's there. But, hey, maybe if it's not there, like let's wait another 30 seconds or a minute or, you know, like let's let's give it some time. Let's develop some more skills so maybe we have a few more options so we don't have to go upper body every single time. I think we would have that talk. So um, no one really comes to mind that that meets that mold, unfortunately. That's too bad. I hope one day that you're <laughs> fortunate <too> <laughs> enough to have somebody like that. Uh, I think I'd talk them out of it, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I think you guys picked the best ones. I, I don't think there's anyone else that... Uh, An under-the-radar one... PJ Ogunsanya, Army West. Really? Yep. He'll put up some pins. Mm. He goes feet to back. Okay. Uh, yeah, man. I'm, I'm looking through the rankings, and I think you guys pulled out all the all the best ones. I'm trying sure. to think. There's got to be there's got to be a couple more. Tanner Tanner Cook's a good one, and and Donian is definitely a good one for sure. Um, I think those are the best ones. I really do. I've been scrolling through a lot of wrestlers here. Peyton Omanya. Oh, oh the headlocks. Headlocks. Headlock guys are always fun. <laughs> I feel like there's got to be a heavyweight, but which heavyweight is it? Because heavyweights are the ones that... Uh, Brandon Metz. Know, once you get plenty of Metz magic. <laughs> there you go. But I don't think he's got enough big wins to be in this category. No, that's true. But What's... like. <laughs> He will. He'll he's go for he's it. an anomaly too because he'll he'll play the heavyweight game sometimes for the full seven minutes of regulation, and then in overtime, just try something completely unpredictable. Yeah. <laughs> Plus the celebrations. Uh, that is funny. Ant Man could sneak into this category oh, sometimes. Hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, oh, Ant Man. Yeah. How do we not? How do we miss him? He's most dangerous when he's when he's trailing by eight. Yes. <laughs> he lulls you into that that comfort level that comes with a major decision margin, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> boom. Yeah, that that's good. 
Lots of good picks. Love it. All right, moving on. From Felix Suzek. If there is this made for the Pro-Am Tournament at Funky Farms, what's a guy got to do to get one? You know what? I need to get on that. I don't, uh, I don't know that's happening, but uh, I'm doing some things with Discraft, so maybe we can maybe we can make that happen. That, that's next Tuesday. I'm going to miss the show next week because of uh, the Celeb Pro-Am. Make some funky, fresh Frisbees. Funky for so I think I think we're doing a funky for funky disc maybe but a funky we could do a funky farms disc that would be a that could be cool also. Who are the pro? Who are the big pros coming to the old pro am? So we have like so unfortunately there's not tons of huge celebrities that play disc golf maybe someday in my dreams that'll uh, that'll come true. Um, but as far as pros are concerned, like some of the really bad so Paul McBeth, Simon Lazat, Ricky Wysocki, Eagle McMahon, Kevin Jones on the male side. Paige Pierce uh, and Brody Smith, and then Paige Pierce and Katrina Allen on the women's side. So that's like the two best women and like six of the best males. So some really, really good players. What's the biggest celebrity? Uh, biggest celebrity is Andrew Zimmern. Do you guys remember him? He was on, uh, he's, like, he's on almost a million following Instagram. Uh, he's a food, uh, food show. My wife was pumped about that one. Andrew Zimmern. Okay, experiencing food, sharing culture. AndrewZimmern.com. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it should be fun. I'm pumped. I love. I've been actually forcing myself to play more disc golf now, uh, and I, I'm really uh, loving it. It's a big sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> I just have. I'm so busy. I don't have time to get out on my own course and play. But I've been trying to play at least once a day now. So. Yeah, it's good. Uh, shout out to my guy Dap in the Facebook chat. One we missed for most exciting wrestler is Dom Demas. Oh yeah. Ooh, but I don't feel like okay. He he, he can be very boring. I don't feel like he gets put on his back that, enough. Those couple high flying moves. Okay, so like Tanner Cook, like he might end up on his back, or Ant Man might end up on his back. He might also put them on their back. Dom Demas, I feel like has some really great ones, but then also like he doesn't have the negative side to it. Like you don't see him getting pinned. I mean, there was I think one time he got pinned, right? But it doesn't happen all that much. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, I feel like if to be in that category that we listed, you have to both end up on your back and put them on their back, like both categories. Yeah, that's true. I agree. All right, this one's from Chad Signs. So, what has been the best thing to change in wrestling in the last fifty years, and what has been the worst? That's a hard question because I don't believe any of us, uh, I don't think we even existed in 1970, let alone followed wrestling in 1970. Um, So I will stick with uh, the period of 2000 because that's roughly when I started wrestling when I was was about 15, 16 years old. And I I will just say it's, it's a lot of it has to do with flow. But I will make a broader category so they say I'm not a homer. The ability to actually follow wrestling. I passionately loved wrestling in middle school and high school. You couldn't follow wrestling worth a damn. Like you had to wait till magazines came out and read results. You couldn't watch matches. So just in the last 20 years, the ability for to watch, I can watch Matt. I mean, with flow now, I can watch matches from across the globe internationally whenever I want. Pretty much. I just flip on my phone. Boom. I'm going. It's tremendous. That that's it for me for sure. That was huge. Yeah, I, I you know grew up in the same era, and I mean my my bedroom walls is like wall to wall posters of wrestlers. But you couldn't watch the matches. I would 
I grew up in Colorado yeah. Springs, so I at least had access to the Olympic Training Center to go like meet athletes and stuff. But I mean, I would, I would we were all so hungry for wrestling that I, I would talk my parents yeah. into going to a fundraising banquet so we could like sit and at least listen to a couple of wrestlers give a speech and sit through it for three hours to try to get an autograph. But you still couldn't see any wrestling. I mean, it was just like, you know, sucked. It did. Um, so that, that is big. But I would say the other thing, the wor- the worst, the thing that I think set wrestling back, and then the correction of this was was one of the best things was the best of three periods ball draw era that killed wrestling. I think that <laughs> I think that was the worst oh, that thing that could have happened. I think without that, the Olympics don't get yanked. Um, so that was terrible. Correcting that and a kind of concerted worldwide effort to make the sport more entertaining. I would say is another one of the biggest, most positive parts of the sport. Yeah, that's uh, uh, what you got, JD. I think the rise of women's wrestling, um, especially in the next 10 years, will be in this same conversation as well with, you know, the ball draw era. We're going to look back and think, you know, what were what was going on? so many years ago, you know, not having women as women's wrestling as an Olympic sport. Uh, Yeah. The changes are really interesting. I mean, I I was at women's nationals this year and you think about wrestling parents, you think about dads and uh, I don't know if I've talked about this show or, or who's number one, but at, women's nationals, it was a lot of moms coming up and talking wrestling and, and moms in the corner coaching (laughs) their kids. And, and there's just a larger fan base, right? There's now more people, Mm -hmm. even in the same family that are going to be advocates of wrestling. They're going to understand it, that are going to help kids like get into it. And I think, yeah, of course, I mean, it's a huge, that's a huge, uh, huge development. Absolutely. Do we have any answers for the worst changes? Worst, uh, oh man, let me think. I feel like, I mean, I feel like wrestling has been changing for the better, um, significantly. Uh, oh, the drop in programs has been terrible, I, yeah, um, and really hurt one. wrestling, but um, that's probably the best answer, right? Yeah, or the expansion of the USSR into like 15 different countries, but that would just be from an American centric perspective. <laughs> I think probably for wrestling as a whole, it's probably positive that there's more good competitors at the world championships. Yes. Yeah, no dropping programs. That's it. Number one answer. All right. Who are some past college wrestlers who would have benefited the most from NIL had they had the opportunity? Steve Mako. <laughs> Mako's up there. It's Mako kind of... is legend. Metcalf, probably. Metcalf, um, Dakin Taylor. Could have. Dakin Taylor, yeah. Gable, probably back in his day. It sounded like he was as big as any athlete almost at the time. Yeah. I mean, I think Darian Caldwell had a really strong moment. Is, uh, the one thing I looked at, uh, is that so many of, man, so many of these guys, like they, they don't think they're getting paid big bucks, but the amount that are really going to get paid the big bucks is, is not all that many. And like when I was in, when I graduated college, I was actually able to get these sponsorships. I'll tell you straight up, I didn't make that much money. Like Adidas was not paying me that much. And I think I had maybe one other sponsor. They just weren't big dollars. And now 
2020 is a little different. So I think you look historically, man, the answer would be only a couple of people probably over the course of time would have really benefited that much. It's a kind of lame answer, but I think it's the truth. All right. Last question from Adam Rush at Raider JD. Have you made any updates to your Russian wrestler Instagram top five list? I think Zamalov is creeping into the top five. What do you do? Uh, He's just kind of upped his Instagram. He's recent. He's only been on the past couple months. Put out a couple horse picks, a couple car (laughs) picks. Horse pictures. Great. I'm big on the horse content. (laughs) How close are you to buying a horse, JD? Oh, JD's a horse guy? I mean, I don't know. If, see... The part is right now in my one bedroom apartment. Um, there's not really a good place to keep a horse. Okay. I feel like if you went outside Austin by about thirty minutes or so, that you you know they definitely allow horses out. There's there. definitely some stables on the outskirts. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, occasionally you'll you see that. people riding horses downtown. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Instead of you know hopping in your nice fancy car. Driving around downtown, showing off people get on their horses. Yeah, I feel like you could pull it off because you. Do, I mean, you you got the moped, you've got you know that kind of thing. I could see you. I could see you pulling off a horse. I would love to have a horse. Just gotta find a place. My wife's been trying to buy a lot. goat, but I've been I've been nixing that one. A goat? Yeah, because you know we have all these like rock rock walls, so she thinks the goat would. Uh, Eat, eat all the the rubbish off the you know the stuff that's in between all the rocks and stuff, and I I just don't want to deal with a goat. You know, it does not seem like uh, something I want to do. No, goats are cool, especially if you get a fainting goat. That's that's straight entertainment. A fainting goat? You don't know what a fainting goat is? They just pass out or what? Yes, that's like they're you know a possum plays dead. Yeah, they faint. <laughs> it's hilarious. You just like clap at them, flinch at them a little bit, and they just pass out. <laughs> that's too funny <laughs> alright uh, think about it alright I think that's all we have time for today we'll be back tomorrow I'm not sure what we're going to talk about we'll figure what it are we out talk about? we are only one month from the Olympics I saw a, a graphic yesterday the 3rd, the 4th, and the 5th are when our guys wrestle uh, at the Olympics so uh, we're not all that far away from that happening there we go maybe we'll do a little Let's Olympic hope. Fargo Fargo, Fargo. Worlds. Fargo rosters oh, yeah. are starting to come out. Um, maybe we wait another day, get some more rosters, and we can get a little deeper into it. Cadet Worlds also on the horizon. So we got some stuff to talk about. All right. Thank you all for listening. For Ben Askren, David Bray, I'm JD Raider. See you next time.